You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops and Kane shoots. Trickling puck. Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. I was going in. In tight. Huberto trying to go back into forehand. They score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it. Yeah, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Tuesday, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the Flames game night. The Los Angeles Kings are in town who have been on fire. Not not the ideal matchup for the Calgary Flames tonight. I wish San Jose was back. <laughs> like the Jets, I get to play the Sharks twice before the end of the yeah. season. Lucky. Sharks suck. They're bad. Suck bad. Mm-hmm. They suck eggs, if you will. Yeah, get them, George. Um, we got a busy show. Lots to get to today. Uh, Mike Fuda is going to join us. Two-time Stanley Cup uh, winning executive. Um, current Sportsnet NHL analyst at 7.30. Our man J-Mac, Julian McKenzie, covers the Flames for The Athletic. will join us at 8 o'clock. And um, Jay McNeil, vice president a business officer, the Calgary Stampeders. Calgary Stampeders, great too. He's going to join us in studio. Mm-hmm. Is he coming in? No, couldn't oh. come into studio. Because uh, I was going to say, hey, can he bring us some donuts or something? That would have been nice. But yeah. no, unfortunately, uh, had some appointments that could not uh, oh, okay. make way. Um, I think we'll have Brent Cron in tomorrow. Yay. Yeah, we are. So maybe he can bring us some do- donuts. That'd be great. I'd, I'd appreciate donuts. Yeah. And a poem. You're getting your poem tomorrow. Now I've I've been thinking about I was I was thinking about maybe unleashing this as a surprise, but I think we can talk about it this morning because this this segment's always the 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 free for all that is during our show. Yeah. So Patrick, uh, I need your input on this because I right. was thinking about this long and hard. Like I had my fist under my chin. And ah. I was looking into the distance while mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. What yeah. Greek philosopher did that? Um, Socrates? Plato? You don't know the answer? Or you're I just don't asking? Know. I'm just asking. We should ask Alex. He probably would have nailed that. Alex, you know? Um, I want to say it's Aristotle. It's Socrates. Aw. Yeah. Oh, George is right again. Uh, Damn that. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Damn that handsome Serbian. So I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was thinking about this. So um, I believe, is it Friday's your birthday? Me? Yeah. I don't know. What day is it? Uh, the 31st. I think it's Monday. Monday. When's your birthday? Monday. Which is what? The 3rd. That's your birthday? Yeah. Okay. So Patrick, you and I owe Maddie Rose a song. You and I will sing Maddie Rose happy birthday so we can live up to our football bet on Monday. I think that's a good way to do it. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that works for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. All right. So, uh, we still owe Maddie Rose. We have to sing on air and we, we pay our bets. It's been a while cause mm-hmm. we, we haven't figured it out and how we're going to do it, how we're going to shoehorn it in. Mm-hmm. But Monday during your, your birth, the day of your birth, not during my birth, please. No. It's... Um, you are, uh, we're going to sing happy birthday to you to Lona own up to our bet. 
and also um, Shower You With Love. Yeah. By singing Happy Birthday to you. Because you love adult birthdays? I do. But it's a big milestone for you. It's kind of a big one. Yeah. yeah like, that one's okay because it's a milestone birthday. Yep. Yep. Uh, 30 years old. Looking forward to it. Yeah. They say something that rank, rhymes with 30. I don't. Hurdy. Shirty. I don't know. Thrifty. Yeah. I don't know what it is. No. But uh, we're going to do that Monday. So okay. Looking forward to up, it. Uh, on the day of your birth, Patrick Dumas and I. <laughs> We'll serenade you with happy birthday. How do you have a way of just making things sound like make my skin crawl? Yeah, because that's what I like birth, to do. Hey, all right. Yeah. Ugh. All yeah. right. The day you escape the womb. Stop. That's even worse. Right. So much worse. The way the way you just you saw the light and you started to tunnel okay, towards that's... it. <laughs> so it's a Flames night, uh, game night. They play the Kings. Uh, we got a poll question. I haven't done a poll in a while. Uh-huh. I was thinking about this. I'm like, hey, it's time for a poll question. Today. Yeah, throw her up. Why not? Because I had. I was thinking about this last night. Um, Flames have eight games to go in their season. Right? Uh, poll questions up at Sportsnet 960, at Matt Rose, YYC, at George Russick. With eight games to go in Calgary season, which number will be greater? Mm-hmm. Flames wins. Uh-huh. Coronado games played. Mm. Nine sixty nine sixty on the text line as well. Please weigh in. We'd love to hear from you. I also got a uh, an, a non sports related text question. I like that. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a good mix today of the sport and the non sport. So um, Matthew Rose. Yeah. Um. Which way did you vote in the poll question this morning? I voted for wins. Oh, you're, um, you're an optimistic chap. I sure am. You okay. know me, glass half full. Um, not to say that you know the. I I just think that really, no matter which way the season goes, it's probably just going to be more wins than he gets in. Just because I I don't necessarily expect him to get in for these next two games. Maybe Sunday when we're talking about the Ducks. So at that point, you've only got six games left. Does he play the rest of the six? I'd, I would doubt it. And then I think that, you know, if they end up losing games, mm-hmm. a few of them in a row here, uh, even then, I don't know how much more he's going to get in. So, yeah, I, I, th- I still think it's going to be more wins than Matthew Coronado games. Uh, producer Patrick Dumal, which way did you vote? Uh, Flames wins. Okay. I think the numbers could be close. Yeah, like it could be same. You know what? I, I'm, Could su- be same. I'm surprised. Uh, we already have uh, 37 votes this morning on this. Uh, 73% of our listeners saying Flames wins. I'm surprised how optimistic our listeners are this morning, Patrick. I think they just know with this coach and getting mm. him in here. And I, I think Tree's comments yesterday, you know, get it. You know, but, you know stop, stop the breaks here. You know, we got to give him some time to get involved here in Calgary. So I could totally see it just why the, the fans are thinking more wins because they don't know with this coach and a young, unexperienced player what you're going to get. Whereas when you look at the opposition for the Flames the rest of the way, you kind of know what you're up against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tree's comments, uh, Pat had him on his show yesterday, and the sense uh, that, that Tree was talking about was, I know that when it comes to American-born players and signing with the Calgary Flames, there's a checker past here in this city. But uh, Tree felt really confident that this kid was eventually just going to sign with the team. It just he wanted to to play out the season, like at his Ivy League school, and and that's hard. Again, everyone's different. Every situation is different. 
You can't just, you know, oh, he's American. He's not going to sign here, blah, blah, blah. You just can't, you know, pigeonhole him into being a Johnny Goudreau or Matthew Kachuk type. No. Or Adam Fox. Or Adam Fox. Like, no, he wants to play here and he wants to play his NHL hockey for the Calgary Flames, which is always nice to hear. And, like, in a little bit of a vote of confidence for the front office, this is what we've heard since day one. Yeah. That they did their homework on the kid. I hope so. Seems like, obviously, but he seems like someone that they felt that, that they could trust with everything that he said, and that he actually did want to be a part yeah. of the team moving forward. That's like taking credit for something you're supposed to do. Yeah, we did our homework on him. Oh, really? Hey, you know what I did on the way to work today? I didn't murder a homeless person. True. Good job, George. <laughs> like, good for you. Yeah. That's, well, that's that's what they're supposed to do. Do their homework. Ah, we knew a little bit of the player. We took him in the first round. I didn't even ah. finish my point. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they did their homework, yeah. which you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. But the answer that they got yeah. was that he was going to sign. And they told us that as he continued to play at Harvard. And they told us that throughout the course of the season. Yeah. And then he signed. So my point being, what they said yeah. actually came to fruition. Um, he, he'll, he'll be in Calgary today. Like, well, he's already here. Yeah, well, he's here, but we're going to see him practice. Morning skate? Probably. Which is exciting. Why not? Yeah. So you think, uh, yeah, I get, I'm I'm with you. I don't think there's any chance he plays tonight. No. Although it would be super cool. Um, Friday Maybe. in Vancouver against the Canucks? I thought so more when we did the show yesterday than listening to the comments from the head coach and general manager yesterday. Darryl's, How they want to take it slow. And yeah, I was like, uh, probably not Friday. Maybe Sunday. We'll see. We'll see. Like, this whole thing is like, it, t- it totally doesn't matter until Daryl sees him at practice today. If he goes out there and he shoots the lights out, still not going to play today. Still yeah. probably not going to play on the weekend. Right. But that would probably go a long way. And the biggest thing will be, okay, if you do it today, then go do it again Wednesday. After yeah. the day off, or Thursday after the day off, and then do it Friday for the pregame skate, and then do it Sunday for the pregame skate, and then maybe we'll talk about it. Jacob Pelche sat for six games before he got into the lineup. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question to think that there's going to be a similar sort of ride here for Matt Coronado. Uh, also, uh, I would imagine that um, when Matt, when eventually he does get into the lineup, I'm sure Daryl's going to approach um, his his first game a little differently than maybe he did. During the Jacob Pelletier stuff. I would say the post-game part. Yeah. Uh, I would say the, the yeah. deployment will be very similar, I, probably. I it's probably not going to be very calculated, and he's not going to have the stats in front of him. I would argue that he knows his number before the game begins. Yeah. That's something I would yeah. I would bet. Yeah, especially because he's staring at it. Apparently, he might wear number 39. That was the number in the NHL's portal yesterday that he had been assigned. Okay. <laughs> that was also my reaction. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like that. Seems like a number that you'll change next year. Okay. Okay. But a lot of a lot of guys like to wear ugly numbers. Like thirty nine is an ugly number. You immediately think of Dominic Kashuk when it's thirty nine, one of the greatest players to ever play in the National Hockey. And then I'm like, well, that's a goalie number. Yeah, but thirty nine ugly numbers. Some dudes like to wear ugly numbers. Pelts rocking forty nine. Forty nine's okay. Like forty six is an ugly number. mm Hmm. Anything in anything in like the the fifties isn't the prettiest number either, unless it's fifty five, forty seven. Yeah, don't like it. Yeah, but when Andre when um, Alexei Kovalev wore forty seven, AK forty seven, Russian dude, kind of sweet. 
Although uh, I'm not here to uh, pump up gun violence. <laughs> uh, the other guy would be Connor Zary down with Wranglers, who's rocking 47. But yep. I wonder if he changes yeah. when he comes up. But yeah, 39. Like, like 82 would be an ugly number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only number I, I really do like in the 40s is 44. Of course. All the double numbers work. Yeah. Except for 66 and 99, which nobody should ever wear. Marty Cout out there in the 87 yeah. the other day. Yeah, you can't. That's weird. What are we doing? Um, check out the poll question. How many games, uh, which will be greater with eight games to go in Calgary season? Flames wins, Matt Coronado, games played uh, at Sportsnet 960, at Matt Rose YYC, at George Russick. Uh, shoot us a text as well, 960, 960, name and location. Weigh in on the poll question. Uh, not much changed in the out-of-town scoreboard last night. Mm-mm. Aside from the fact that the Seattle Kraken got their doors blown off in Minnesota last night, 5-1 by the Wild. Martin Jones is really bad. Yeah. Um, Kraken. And again, that's the team I thought was going to really fade down the stretch here. Uh, there's still seven points up on the Flames with a game in hand. I feel like that's that's out of touching distance for the Calgary Flames, but no Winnipeg Jets action last night. Nope. And they got a cupcake matchup today. 8.30 down in the Shark Tank in San Jose. See if uh, EK65 can go ahead and throw up a five-pointer. Yep. And, and To be fair, they did lose their last cupcake match with Sharks. So so, so we could... Wow. Okay, so let me, let, let me paint this scenario for you with words. <laughs> we could wake up tomorrow with the Flames just two points out of a playoff spot. Yep. Big win against the Kings. Matt Coronado scores a hat trick. Okay. And then the Jets, the Jets lose eight nothing to the Sharks. Like that could happen eight tonight. Nothing to the Sharks. What is David Riddick getting the start? Maybe. No save Dave. Hey oh. Zing. Get but, him. But we could wake up tomorrow, do the show. Um, and the Flames are just two points out of a playoff spot. That could happen. Or we could be doing the show tomorrow and they're six points out and it looks extremely bleak. Yeah. It could. That's yep. very much the way it could go. Yep. Here's how it's, here's something I I'll try and sell you on it though. Okay. Even if they lose today, yep. and the Jets win their game, mm-hmm. Flames have three games before they meet up with the Jets. Jets have two games before that. Flames are against you know they're not good teams, but they're teams that the Flames have lost to in the season. So just be a little asterisk there. Okay. And then uh, the Jets play the Red Wings, and they got another tough opponent right after that. The Devils. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, even if they lose today and the Sharks win tomorrow, or and the Sharks lose tonight. They could still be tied when they get into that head-to-head matchup. Flames going April. into Winnipeg on a back-to-back as well. Mm-hmm. From Chicago. Mm. Again, Chicago. Thanks. Um, Plus, they got rid of Max Domi, and really, that was the one guy that was yeah. really the thorn in the side for the Flames this year. So, to me, they have to be within, I think, four points is the most heading into that game. Mm-hmm. Four points back of the Jets is probably... I would even argue three just because, once again, we've talked about the tiebreaker and the Flames yeah. don't have it. So I would say three points is probably a comfortable... Well, I'm not even well, comfortable at that point. Like but that must. would be like best-case scenario or worst-case scenario where yeah. you're still in the postseason hunt. I think if you're further back from that, then, you know, pack her up, get ready for the offseason. Yeah. Um, that that feels like an absolute... That, that's the season. We keep talking about it. Yeah, 100%. Like, that game but in Winnipeg is the, the season is, for the can't Calgary look, Flames. You can't look past these other games because it, of won't, course. it won't mean anything if you don't get any points in these yeah. next four, right? Especially the scorching hot Los Angeles Kings right now. who look like a wagon all of a sudden. 
and potentially um, a matchup with the Edmonton Oilers. That was a tight series last year. It would be so fun to watch with Drew Doughty involved as well. You mean so fun to watch the Oilers lose in the first round of the Kings? <laughs> if that was to happen, it would be fun to watch. But I just I love when teams have to play each other in the playoffs back to back. And obviously, Mikey Anderson and Leon Dreisaitl would be not on good terms for the takedown of Dreisaitl in the first round. It led to him being hobbled for the rest of the postseason. And, you know, being hobbled, he was still absolutely dominant. Mm -hmm. But that would be something to keep an eye on. That's a fun matchup. I would like to see that again. That would be good. Um, I think the Kings have bolstered their team and are in a much better position to even take on the Oilers. I think if you look in the Pacific Division... Are there two teams that have taken a bigger step forward than the Kings and the Oilers? Yeah, they, and even with suspect goaltending. On both sides, really. Yeah. Like, like Quick think, or Copley, Skinner well, or Campbell. It's not even Quick anymore. It's Corpusalo. Yeah. Corpusalo or Copley or. Sorry, I mean, that's what I meant. Sorry, because uh, Vegas has quick now. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, even, but that's suspect, too. But it doesn't that's, matter. That's what I mean. Like, I was looking yeah, at the whole division. Corpusolo was yeah. really bad in the playoffs the top last three time teams, he was there. Like, the Flames have the best goaltending, you'd think, but that hasn't been playing that way this season. Mm -hmm. But out of those three teams of the Pacific, it's it's amazing how the goaltending is just... If you would have taken one goaltender out of the Pacific, this like, going into the season, in a lot of situations, it would have been Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. Whichever team you were on. Sure. Seattle, I think you would have rather had Jacob Markstrom. He's coming off a second, finished second in Vesna rate, Vesna votes. Mm -hmm. Like every other team in the Pacific would have taken him at the beginning of the season, except maybe Vancouver with Thatcher Demko. And that got hurt. So that's the way she goes. It could be. But that here's the thing like, if you look at the three teams that are battling for that final wild card spot right now mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames, the Nashville Predators. What no. are one thing that they all have in common? Don't okay, you bring I, up I, the Nashville stop. Predators okay, in fine. my presence. But just listen to my, for my. Example here. What yeah. are the one thing all three of those teams have in common? They've had shoddy goaltending in the second half. They've got a goaltender that a lot of general managers would love to have on their team. Yep. That have basically, the way that their play has ebbed and flow over the course of the season has been exactly how the team has gone. Connor Hellebuck, outstanding for three quarters of the year. Winnipeg basically led the Central Division for all of it. And then he started to fall yeah. off a little bit. Winnipeg has fallen down. Now they're at risk of losing, missing out of the playoffs. Nashville was good. They weren't good. Then they went on this heater because UC Saros was stopping everything. And now he's struggling a little bit. And Nashville has fallen out of this race. Jacob Markstrom struggled for a lot of the year. Finally starts playing better. Gets the Flames back in the race. The way that these three teams go is completely based on their goaltender. Heilbach, Markstrom, and Saros. Whoever has the better end of the season in these next eight games, they're going to get their team into the postseason. There's no question that great goaltending is the best deodorant for any team. It just masks some of the stink. And Patrick, how much uh, in the first half especially was Connor Hellebuck masking some of the stink of the Winnipeg Jets? I mean, that's just what Connor Hellebuck's done really for the last four or five seasons there it's they, they get they receive the most shots volume in the entire nhl and he's left making tons of saves and leaving them like to 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 try and get the two points on every night but it, this it hasn't been enough from mark shifley there hasn't been enough from kyle connor the big guns aren't shooting aren't, aren't getting anything right now in winnipeg mm -hmm. so it's all on connor hallibuck and he's been better of late 
Uh, they haven't, you know, had a really bad game really since maybe that Dallas uh, crazy overtime game a couple weeks back. But it's he's been more solid. It's just getting those key goals for the for the right now for the Winnipeg Jets. Man, you just look at the standings and it's so eye popping. Um, Winnipeg just three overtime losses. Calgary fifteen. <laughs> that fifteen yeah. is jarring. Like, like you, you just look, look at down? it, you're like, Whoa. even even if you win. You know, three or four, three of those. of those, just three. Like I used to cut those in half and be like, yeah, you cut those in half. You're pretty good. But you take away three or four. Yeah. Three a playoff team. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. Well, and remember in the the first half of the year, they had like what? Seven overtime games before Christmas and they couldn't stop taking penalties. Yeah. And that's where they were getting scored on. And that was one of the reasons their penalty kill wasn't like top 10 for the start of the year because they kept allowing four on three goals when it got into overtime. And yep. it was like Lindholm or Backlund that would end up getting dinged for the penalty. So your best penalty killers weren't even available to you. And it, and when you look at the amount of times the Flames have been in overtime on the road, oh, it's they have 11 loser points. They're 16-11-11 on the road. Like they've lost. And again, some of those games they won in overtime. I get it. But 11 overtime or shootout losses on the road. You look at up and down the division, Vegas has five. The Oilers only have three. Well, when you have McDavid out there on three and three, good God. Uh, the Kings have six. Winnipeg only has one. Seattle has four. Nashville, four. Vancouver, four. St. Louis only has one. 11. 11 for the Calgary Flames. And again, that's, again, it, it's, it's part and parcel with bad goaltending. <laughs> And and lack of scoring, Th- that that's the recipe for losing so many one goal games. It was a team. It, it is a team, but it's jarring been, to it's, see those numbers. Well, and the other thing too is to get to that point, you have to be close to winning the games. Like regardless of how well you played in them, you were one goal away. You were yep. a bounce. You were one more save away from getting that victory. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where I go back to that graphic that they threw up. During the broadcast the other day, the one t- the one goal losses, the overtime losses, the posts hit, everything that was on there. You're like, how do you get every single one of these instances to happen to you in yeah. one single year? And yeah. if they happen to make it into the playoffs, like, well done. Because this year, like, you compare it to being on a team like the Chicago Blackhawks or the Anaheim Ducks this year, like, I know that you're losing a lot. In those markets, but which team is having a mentally harder year? That's not even close. Yeah. It's the team that is borderline in a playoff spot. Yeah. But at every turn, it's been like everything you you feel like you're like, man, we, we took one step back, but then it's two steps back the next day. And, it, and you almost feel like you're doing everything you can, but haven't seen it. Uh, do the uh, check out the poll question uh, on the old Twitter machine with eight games to go in Calgary season. Which number will be greater? Flames wins, Coronado games played at Matt Rose YYC at Sports at nine sixty at George Russick. Vote on the poll question. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Weigh in on the poll question. I uh, also got something uh, fun I want to do with the texters oh. uh, in the seven o'clock hour too. Okay. Um, the Rose report is straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, busy show today. Mike Fuda, Julian McKenzie, Jay McNeil. Uh, it's all straight ahead. It's the big show. It's a Tuesday. It's the Flames game night. It's Sportsnet 960, the fan. 
Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's Tuesday. It's the Flames game day. It's the big show. Russell and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. They got you everything basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Mike Fuda, Stanley Cup winning NHL executive, will join us at 7.30. Current Sportsnet NHL analyst. Our man J-Mac, Julian McKenzie at 8 o'clock, covers the Flames for the Athletic. And uh, we'll talk some Calgary Stampeders. Jay McNeil, former Stamps great. Looking forward to that conversation. Going to be swinging by, getting set for the season. Preseason gets going in May, less than two months away. Training camp will be about six-ish weeks away. Mm. Looking forward to it. Um, but I'm a, what I always look forward to is, well, two things in, in my day, daily routine. The Rose Report and also um, your texts. I uh, got a poll question up right now. Doing the poll today. Um, cut that clip. Uh, with eight games to go in Calgary season, uh, which number will be greater? Flames wins. Matt Coronado games played at Matt Rose YYC at George Russick at Sports that 960. Shoot us a text as well, 960-960, name and location. But first, it's the Rose Report, and it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Matty Rose. Welcome inside and a happy Tuesday, happy game day, happy first Flames practice for Matt Coronado Day. It's really good for the young man. I think it's just to get climatized. It gives him a leg up. We'll also have a look at yesterday's NHL slate and today's six games yesterday, 10 today, including the Flames and the Kings. Also, some drama from the NFL. Train me right f***ing now. Um, uh, Jay's spring finale. Are we there yet? No. All that and more. So let's get after it. Flames and Kings go tonight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Lots of chatter around 2021. First round pick, Matt Coronado signing over the weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. But, um... I don't know if that's going to have a direct impact on the game tonight. Only eight games left in the regular season for the Flames. They enter action four points back of the Winnipeg Jets. They're not done yet, as 900 NHL game veteran Michael Backlund said yesterday. You know, we know what we got to do, and, you know, we, we got to win a lot of games in a row, if not all of them, uh, and we know that. And uh, But we got to focus on the next game, one game at a time, and, you know, last game in L.A. was... It's uh, embarrassing, so we want to come out tomorrow and show that we're a lot better than that. Lost 8-2 to the Kings in that game. Kings are on a 12-game point streak. Drew Doughty has goals in three straight games as he's turning back the clock. Adrian Kempe has 37 goals. Tall task tonight for the Calgary Flames. You, you think it's... Uh, obviously, it wasn't a plus. That absolute beatdown the Flames took in, in Los Angeles. The game was over, I don't know, what, 10 minutes into the game. It was already over for the Flames. Pretty they much, They were down 3 yeah. nothing. And then 4 nothing ultimately in that first period. I think that B-Town could maybe help them out tonight. It's rare that you get handed your lunch twice by the same team, right? And it, and like, you, you you almost prepare differently. Like, they would never admit it. But you kind of prepare differently after you lose 8-2 to a group. Yeah. And I, I think it's good that not too much time's gone by since they played each other. Week, and then, yeah. Six days? Something like that? I'm trying to be positive because the Kings are really good right now. 
and it's a tough, it's a, it's a big ask tonight for the Calgary Flames at home. A place where just they haven't been that good, and I have no idea why. Like, no, I've asked that question to many people we've had on the show. Nobody can answer why the Flames are so mediocre at home. I, I don't get it. They just look like a different team on home ice. Today, Merrick's show goes to 10 o'clock. We got lots of coverage for you today. Sportsnet today, Hockey Central 960, the Hockey PDO cast, all that before 4 o'clock. Then it's Flames Talk from 4 to 6 with Pat Steinberg and his band of rotating hosts. Then Flames Warm Up with Lou goes from 6 to 7. Puck drop at 7 o'clock at the Scotiabank. Saddledome. The other topic yesterday was Matt Coronado. Lots of thoughts from Daryl Sutter over a solid nine-minute chat with the media yesterday. Don't have time for it all, but here's a little snippet. Competitive, skilled player is what he is, right? You know, he's kind of in that manage in that, I think. I think he's got really good instincts for, for the offense, that part of the game. You know, they played him a lot at center this year, but I think he was, you know, when he was drafted, he was looked on more as a winger, right winger. So that's the analysis of his play. As for what he can take from this first little bit of being around the Flames, number one is picking somebody out that you can really emulate. You know, you got you get guys like Tyler and guys like that. So if he's a right winger, I mean, that would be pretty good. I'd be watching Tyler Toffoli for sure. Um, interesting that uh, the head coach uh, talked about that because our man uh, Jason Bukula um, wrote a great piece on Matt Coronado on Sportsnet.ca. And uh, who does he compare him to? Mm. Someone like Tyler Toffoli. Yep. In time. A Not- guy you can play on your third or second line. A guy you can put on the power play and has a shoot first mentality and has a really good quick release. Not necessarily a burner, but a strong player who knows how to use his body to protect the puck. And, and I thought that was interesting that our man Book said uh, he's probably, and I don't know how he comes up with this number, about 15% faster now than he was when he was drafted in the first round. I don't know how he came up with the number, but I'm sure there's a metric for it. Sure. I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, his nickname, apparently, Uh-oh. is the Bison. Do we know why? Well, he scored 48 goals in 51 years in his second year at the USHL Chicago Steel, and the broadcasters started calling him the Bison because of the way he would just kind of mow over the defense and get his way to the net. Have you ever had Bison? Probably, but not that I can... Uh, like, the, the guys in the other room remember. are from Manitoba. Um, have you guys had Bison, Patrick? I have not. What? I've been <laughs> here for 29 years. Fair enough. <laughs> it's real good. It's real, real good. <laughs> yeah, really? Like, how have you had bison, Alex? Well, I've had, like, bison burgers. Yep. I've had, like, fillet. I don't know if it's a fillet, but, like. Oh, how do you get, how do you get. I don't know. I don't know. So cooking. if I were to order bison at a restaurant, how would I want it cooked? I would just get a bison burger. Okay. That would be my recommendation. That's for bison burgers. I've had bison before. Yeah. Best way to have bison. Okay. You can get those around So how does too. it taste? Alex? Um. Like, it's, like, richer. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the person to ask this, but it's real good. You okay. can taste the difference. All right. Like better? Absolutely. I yeah. don't think it's better than Alberta beef. How dare you? Oh, How dare you? Okay. Do you Fair know enough. where you are right now? Get Brandon, Manitoba. It's lighter and more delicate flavor than You beef. know what? We don't do that here. Unbelievable. Very high in iron. We don't do that here. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Toronto I radio. Two. Yeah. You, you pushed two buttons there. You got the more yeah. than. Well, yeah. All right. 
Last night, five games on NHL ice. Uh, no Jets or Predators. The Oilers were down at the mullet. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, and Evander Kane. It's like he was all playing entered... in Erie again. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. All, all entered the game sitting on 299 career goals, but only Leon would score, so he's the first one to get to 300. McDavid did have an assist. That's 140 points on the year. Edmonton beat Arizona by a 5-4 score. Canadians and Sabres went to a shootout. Marty St. Louis having some fun with this one. First, he called on blue liner Mike Matheson in the third round. Didn't score. Called on another defenseman, and Jonathan Kovacevic, next, but he didn't score. Then in the sixth round, out came Michael Pezzetta. Fourth line grinder with one hell of a salad to win this thing at the Bell Center. Michael Pezzetta with a chance to win it for the Canadians. Pezzetta cuts in the middle, scores! And he rides the stick and gives it the point <laughs> to all the fans. And what a celebration for the fans. A beautiful Tiger Williams rendition from Michael Pizzetta. Yeah, of course, that game was in Buffalo. Yeah, but, the, uh, key, the beautiful Key Bank Center. The road crowd there for Montreal Woo, certainly enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, Pizzetta with a little bit of flair at the end. The you Tiger must have Williams. watching that, right? Yeah, yeah, the Tiger Williams. The, the old, old Tiger uh, Williams pointing to the fans. And, again, against yeah. Against the Leafs. Bah! Yeah. Bah! The guys bah. were loving it, too. When, oh, when, yeah. When guys like Mike Matheson are taking shots, you know that Marty St. Louis is having some fun behind the bench. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. He like, okay. Yeah, that's let's let's have all of our depth blue liners shoot in the shootout here and then Pizzetta rides a stick. An electric atmosphere last night in Buffalo. That's a player's coach right there. We had an all Kachuk battle elsewhere. The Panthers, losers of three straight trying to sneak into the playoffs. Senators had a chance to put a wrench in those plans, and they sure did. Brady Kachuk opened the scoring and a two point effort. Mad Sogard stopped thirty two of thirty four. As the Senators won 5-2. to two. That's a tough loss for the Panthers, who remain three points back of a playoff spot. Not ideal if you're the Cats. Avalanche continue their hunt of first in the Central. They beat up on the Ducks 5-1 down in Orange County. Still a point back of the Wild after they crushed the Kraken 5-1 in Minnesota. Martin Jones rode the struggle bus in this one uh, between the Kraken pipes until he was pulled. Matt Baldy recorded a hat trick. He's got two in this month. And Ilya Sorokin was great for the Islanders as they beat the Devils 5-1. to uh, Ten games tonight, including the Flames and the Kings. The Jets will visit the Sharks at 8.30. Woo. They actually play twice before the end of the season. But if you're San Jose, you need... Uh, but if you're Winnipeg, you need these points out of California. The Predators visit the Bruins at 5 o'clock before they head to Pittsburgh to face the Penguins. Oilers on the second half of a tough back-to-back. They visit the Knights. Canucks and Blues go at 8. Canadians and Flyers at 5. So a couple of... Canadian lotto teams in there. And you know what that means, George. It's time to th- spin that wheel. See who's going to win our lotto today. You love it when this happens. Congratulations to the Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. on moving up one spot in the odds. Ugh. ABC. Anybody but Columbus. The Montreal Canadiens move up three spots to the second overall selection. Um, I wanted to quickly ask you about that Jets game tonight in yeah. San Jose. Uh-huh. Go ahead. If I could offer you an overtime loss for the Jets, do you take it right now? Rather than, like, seeing how the game goes? Yes. Like, if they could have one point instead of a chance at two? Yes. Or zero, obviously. No. Oh, <laughs> you saucy minx. No? Why? Because Patty Dumas told me that the Jets already lost to the Sharks. And you know. Yeah, they did. Eric Carlson. You look out. And also, is Josh, Mor- is Josh Morrissey playing? Do we yeah, know? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah, 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 yeah. healthy after he got yeah, 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 attacked yeah, 
But yeah. Blake Lazat? He came back in that game. Um, awesome. I think you take the overtime loss right now, and you just hope the Flames can get it done at home against the Kings, and you pick up a point on the Jets. That's the Sharks, I guess. Yeah, the I guess Sharks you could take stink. The line, Did but... you not see that game? You were there. You saw how terrible they were on Saturday. The They're Jets awful. Have, but the Jets haven't been playing well lately. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. All right. I can go either way. That's an interesting query. The devil lives inside you. Uh, elsewhere, uh, <laughs> Columbus and New York. Rangers clinched yesterday while idle. Uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Pittsburgh and Detroit, Chicago and Dallas. The Leafs also clinched a playoff spot while idle yesterday. Mm. So uh, congrats to Toronto. Did I do it right there? Is that? Yes, yeah, you're learning. Toronto? From the NFL League meetings on the go, so front office press conferences yesterday. How about this? As Ravens head coach John Harbaugh was speaking to the media, his quarterback Lamar Jackson had a nice little three-part tweet. I called in our old pal PR Patricia to read some of it for you. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family. And I, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. You'll see me again. So he asked for a trade about 25 days ago, and he dropped that while Harbaugh was in his avail. Yeah, minutes before uh, Harbaugh spoke at the uh, the meetings uh, the NFL is having this week. Um, this is fascinating. Now, if Lamar Jackson really wants to play hardball and he's willing um, not to get any money, like because they gave him the franchise tender, he doesn't have to sign it. Mm -hmm. He can just sit and not get paid this season. Yep. And then that would really put pressure on the Ravens to potentially do something here. Mm -hmm. So this is really fascinating. And I just don't know. Like, there's a lot of interest to me. And I don't know about you guys. To me, the perfect fit for Lamar Jackson is the Atlanta Falcons. You got some good, young, skilled players. Um, That's a team with bad quarterbacks in that division. Okay, Derek Carr, that's fine. I know he plays for the Saints now. But that's a team that has some good young players in it. Played hard in stretches. Mm-hmm. Got some talent on that team. Lamar Jackson feels like it's the good perfect barn. fit. Yeah. Well, Atlanta is such a soulless sports city. But I think the Falcons and Lamar Jackson feels like a good fit to me. Your thoughts? I don't hate it. You know, it's been such a kind of mishmash ever since Matt Ryan. They decided to part ways with him. And forever like, that was the guy, it would be and- a... And again, you switch up and it you, could work. You're bringing in like a Michael Vick type 2.0. Very and different. Even, and but. even when Matt Ryan was winning the MVP, people were still rocking the old number seven jerseys. And not the Ron Mexico ones, but the Michael Vick number sevens in Atlanta. They, they loved Michael Vick. And you can have like Michael Vick 2.0 in Atlanta. I think it would mm-hmm. be great. Patrick, Falcons. Atlanta would make sense if they were to offer sheet for sure. Like they, they have that cap space. I'm just wondering in trade. Do they have anything that the Baltimore Ravens would want? Ooh, picks. They have the picks, yeah. But then Baltimore's got no quarterback. And this is why I keep circling. Like I'm just like, with the trade, if he's going to get traded, it might be with a team that has a quarterback that they could swap. Tennessee, Minnesota. Uh, I'm looking at teams like that. Washington is a possibility even as, as, as a signing as well. as They could put them over the top. But again, Washington doesn't really have the cap space. 
You're looking at cap space. Atlanta's got 22 million. You you think you think the Vikings would trade Kirk Cousins? I like totally the Ravens would. would grab Kirk Cousins in a in a. I don't know. It would have to be. It would be. It would be more than Kirk Cousins. It wouldn't just yeah. be a straight. It would be your first Kirk Cousins and some something else. But looking at that NFC North, we talk about it. That division's wide open. Detroit should be a team also knocking on the door of Baltimore if they're if they're not sold. But they're sold Ooh, on Jared I, Goff. It feels I, like. I would not do that if I'm Detroit. No? I would not. Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? I think you can. I think Jared Goff's can. been to a Super Bowl. He has. And, is, like, and he me, can throw the football. Like again, again, I, I'm not. I'm not in that camp where like Lamar's a, a a running back who plays quarterback. I'm not. I'm not there. But England, he does man. struggle with accuracy <laughs> and throwing mm-hmm. from the pocket. Yeah, and that that's just the way the NFL is now. You got to have that guy, and I know he's super dangerous, and he's the, he's actually the most electric player in the NFL when he's healthy. He's if he could just throw. I've had this take for years. If Lamar Jackson could just throw the ball 25 percent better than what he does now, he's. Far and away the best player in the NFL. He is literally unstoppable. You cannot stop him. But the problem is, he struggles with that. So if I'm at the Lions, I'm not giving up any assets. I'll ride with Jared Goff because I can get to the playoffs with Jared Goff. You can get to the playoffs. Obviously, there's more upside with Lamar Jackson. But Jared Goff, to me, is way safer than Lamar Jackson at this point. Here's Which is thing. crazy to say I'm for like, a guy who won the MVP. <laughs> if I'm a team, I'm like, oh, man, this seems like a lot of work. This guy seems like a... I think, There's always something that no, follows this guy to an I, extent. No, I I just think he wants his, he wants the bag. He wants to get paid. And the way he plays the position, the dude takes a lot of hits. Yeah. Right? And he just wants to make sure he gets his, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm always on the player's side. They're the ones who sure. have done the sacrifices throughout their entire year. They're the ones putting their bodies and, and life on the line every time they step onto the field. I always want to see players get paid. I... I would agree. I also think that there's a very important reason and a role for player agents across a lot of sports leagues, mm-hmm. and, and this is kind of one of those situations where I go, you could probably use one here. The um, agent, the agent is that buffer between what the team thinks of you, man. Like, the, like Lamar is hearing everything bad that the Ravens have said about him. When that agent acts as the buffer yeah. for that, and yep. he doesn't have that. Mm-mm. That's true. Listen, Laramie Tunsil got the bag, no problem, but. It's a little bit of a different position as well. Uh, I did want to give a little bit of props to Harbaugh as well because he said, we love Lamar Jackson. I expect him to be my quarterback for week one. And he also said he hadn't seen the tweet, but I just found this comment great. No, I don't live in that world, Jerry. You know, I'm not I'm not a real Twitter guy. Uh, have you seen my tweets lately? No, no. That's, uh, uh, you know, you see it. I mean, obviously that stuff comes through. Guys guys like Jonah share those tweets with me, so we appreciate it. And, uh, and uh and it's been kind of fun watching some of that stuff, too. So Lamar's great on Twitter. I mean, he's fun to follow. He does a great job with all that. So um, some of that stuff, you get a good, you get a, you get enjoyment out of it, too. I was like, what? He didn't post a meme, dude. Yeah. What? Yeah. All right. And can we proofread tweets before we send out sometimes when they're that important? Once again, an agent wouldn't have been bad for that yeah. one. All right. Uh, Packers, how about this? Uh, you will remember Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show two weeks ago. I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get and kind of digging their heels in. Okay, so there's that. But then the Packers general manager, Brian Gutkunst, uh, speaking to the media yesterday. Who? 
Gouda Kunst. There Gouda you go. Kunst. I had it uh, completely misspelled. That's okay. I had Goon That's a Ko- tough one. I had Goonkust yeah. spelt in here earlier today. It's so a tough one. We're making our way through. Um, what was I going to say here? Ah, oh, this is what he said. Obviously, it was a disappointing season, right? You kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, it, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. The stories don't necessarily match up, but have at her, I guess. Yeah, um, apparently some of the uh, the holdups in all of this situation is uh, the Jets want assurances that if they're trading for Aaron Rodgers, he's going to play more than one year. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are even willing to take a first next year. But the Jets aren't really too keen on the idea of having a guy, giving up a first-round pick for a guy who's not playing for them next year. They don't, they don't want that situation. So I just feel like eventually this is going to happen, and I would imagine it's going to happen on the eve of the draft. Patrick? Mm. Yeah, like the it feels like it's going to come down to that. But also Green Bay's like, well, man, we can just keep this going and going. I, I point to that trade that the Jets made a couple weeks back with the Browns. They got the two two second rounders to get uh, Elijah Moore out to Cleveland. I That would be something I think Green Bay would probably be okay with. Two, sec, uh, two seconds and maybe something down the line. Because Gutekunst said a first isn't necessary in all this, and that's fair. It's going to come down to salary retention and whatnot. But Green Bay's also going to be like, we could take this all the way to September if the Jets don't want yeah. to do this. It's, we're okay with what and, we've made. And, and the Jets are a team that are on the rise. One of the, one and, of the better young teams in the NFL. And, uh, they got a great yeah. young defense. they got some nice playmakers on offense. They need a guy to throw them the ball. They, if they even <laughs> had average quarterback play last year, they would have been a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, they were... Decently hanging around the wild card race for most of last yep. year. No shortage of drama in Wisconsin. The Jays played the Phillies yesterday as uh, we're getting pretty close to the regular season. Oh, here. man, let's go. Pretty close to a big league lineup as well yesterday. They did score a couple of runs off of seven hits and six walks, but they also racked up a dozen strikeouts. Chris Bassett got startled sea bass. Four and two-third innings, eight hits against one walk, amounting to four earned runs, two of them off of a Trey Turner home run. He also struck out four along the way. Trevor Richards actually had a pretty impressive outing. Two and a third innings, he struck out five and didn't allow any hits or walks in a solid relief appearance. Today, it is the final spring game. Thank goodness. 10.05 start. Jose Burrows will take to the mound. Don't miss that one. Yeah, um, Burrios is a guy that they need to be better. Like... Like they're paying a buckets of money, and he's the key. He's essentially the four starter now on this team. They mm-hmm. need him to be good. Him Otherwise, and, there's issues. Him and Bassett kind of in that three four hole right now. Mm. Uh, Raptors at home against the Heat. Only seven games left for the Heat and the Raptors. Miami holds the seventh seed, so that's the highest in the play-in tournament. Toronto three games back entering the contest. A high hill to climb, but this would be a big win for them. Tip off will go at five thirty. At the Miami Open. Your ball was long. Are you me? That thing was in. Felix Oje Aliasim was upset by Francisco Serendolo of Argentina in straight sets. The 25th seed beats the Canadian 5th seed 6-2 and 7-5. So no more Canadians on the men's side as we get set for the round of 16 today. On the women's side, 
Unseeded Canadian Bianca Andreescu was leading 18th seed of Russian Ekaterina Alexandrova 3-2 in the first set. They got suspended due to rain. She ends up losing that set in a tiebreaker 7-0. Takes a 2-0 lead in the second set before a gruesome ankle injury. Um, the audio is very jarring because there was not a whole lot of people in attendance. So you can basically hear her word for word saying that it was the worst pain she's ever felt in her life. She was taken off the court in a wheelchair that obviously ends her Miami Open and certainly puts um, the French Open, if not the rest of her season, Oof. in jeopardy. She was screaming in pain. It was. It was. It was. It was like hard to watch. And the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Like it's one of those things that, yeah, you feel terrible for her because she's battled injuries before. She looks like she's maybe gaining a little bit of momentum early in the season yeah. here. Big win she over beats, Ken in the round before. She beats Sakari, who was the eighth seed, the yep. round before that. And then a tough one here. So, you just hope um, it isn't anything super long-term. Yeah, that is the, the big hope for sure. Uh, locally, just a couple of notes here. Chaotic armadillo. Calgary Hitman netminder Braden Peters was named the WHL goaltender of the week. A two goals against average. 2.00 if you're being... Nine two six save percentage as well. He helped the Hitman clinch a playoff spot with a couple of victories during the week. Playoff tickets now on sale for the Calgary Hitman. They host games three and four on April the 3rd and the 5th. That's Monday and Wednesday next week. And then game six would be April the 9th, an afternoon matinee if the series goes to six. Playoffs are later this week for the Hitman. We're about three weeks, maybe four for the Wranglers if they get a first round bye. Flames playoffs would start around the same time if they're able to pull this thing off. Right now it is the AJHL playoffs. Should be a doozy of a game down at Payson Arena as an old rivalry continues in Okotoks. It's the Oilers and the Brooks Bandits in Game 3 at 7 o'clock. That seven-game series is tied at one apiece. Out in Drumheller, it'll be the Dragons hosting the Blackfolds Bulldogs. Also a 7 o'clock start. That series locked at 2 after the Bulldogs took Game 2 in overtime back on Saturday. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Maddie. And the Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. But gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, tee up the Flames and Kings tonight down at the Dome. We got a poll question up. We'll do that. And uh, I got I got something I saw that I thought was really clever. Clever? Clever. It gave you a little chuckle? Yeah, it did. You're just sitting at home and you're yeah. like, huh. I smirked after I saw it. Did you do an audible, huh? Yeah. I did. I enjoyed it. A single laugh, and it's gonna it's gonna lead to a uh, another text question. Oh, to today for our listeners. Wow. And we'll do Mike Fuda at the uh, seven thirty. He'll join us. Um, two time uh, Stanley Cup winning executive, current sports net analyst. We'll get his thoughts on the Kings and the Flames game tonight, and also uh, what he thinks of the Mac Coronado signing. It's all straight ahead. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan.